Welcome to the BizTimes MKE Podcast, another episode of the Weekly Debrief. I'm Arthur Thomas, Managing Editor at BizTimes Media, and I'm joined on the Weekly Debrief, as always, by BizTimes Editor Andrew Wyland. Andrew, how are you doing? Very good, very good. Looking forward to the Labor Day weekend, some football games, nice weather. Gotta be, gotta be excited about that stuff. So, great time of year. If you want Andrew's takes on the start of the Luke Fickle era, that is over on our uh, Biz Times College Football podcast stream. I got um, my, I got my tickets. I'm, I'm going. I'm going. I'm, I'll be in the stands for the excellent. opening. That is exciting. Should be exciting to see how that goes. Uh, but we will press ahead on uh, the weekly debrief. Uh, get ready for the long holiday weekend. We'll start with our insider story spotlight. That is a chance for us to highlight some of the stories that are available only to BizTimes insiders. If you are already an insider, thank you very much. We really do appreciate that support. It helps make our work possible. If you're not an insider, please consider it. The equivalent of $9 a month will get you access to all of the articles on our website, biztimes.com, discounted admission to some of our events, and other insider benefits. So go to biztimes.com. Look for the subscribe button at the top of the page and sign up. Andrew, what is your insider story spotlight this week? It shows a story about, um, in Manami Falls, a former Kohl's office building. This is not the headquarters building, but it's a it's an office building, uh, basically in a, in a business park that uh, Kohl's used to use as a customer service and operations center. It's a 110,000-square-foot building. It's on Wooddale Drive, and it's vacant right now. A manufacturer, really just down the street, uh, Dynamic Tool, they're a plastic injection mold builder, um, is going to be taking over this building, um, not relocating, expanding into the building and expanding the building, adding 50,000 square feet. And we'll be using it for manufacturing and engineering and uh, development capabilities and resources uh, according to their uh, business development head. You know, it's an interesting thing to see because we've been wondering in this work-from-home hybrid work environment that's really shaking up the office real estate market, what's going to happen to a lot of these office buildings? We're seeing an office tower downtown Milwaukee that's going to be converted into apartments. But, you know, I've been wondering about a lot of these really commoditized, you know, kind of ordinary office buildings in suburban business parks and if they're vacant what becomes of them i had one source who's uh you know commercial real estate broker was pointing out to me you know in recent months that the industrial market is very very strong while the office market is is struggling and predicted that some of these office buildings are going to be converted to industrial use which i thought was an interesting idea well here's an example here's one such example of that happening so interesting to see that occurring in this case, and it'll be we'll be watching to see if we have more uh, similar instances like this. Yeah, absolutely. It's an interesting uh, development, and and like you said, those the the big uh, you know downtown office buildings that maybe Class B or, or C, you know, can you can find new uses more readily, but that that suburban industrial park business park office building that doesn't have a lot of wow to it 
Um, yeah. yeah, industrial seems like a that might be its ultimate uh, uh, destination as a, as a future use. So keep an eye out for more of those going forward. My insider story spotlight also uh, I think touches on um, kind of how our how we use buildings and how that's evolving, specifically in the banking sector. Um, had a chance to talk with Jim Pop, the CEO of Johnson Financial Group, the Racine-based parent company of Johnson Bank, and got a chance to just talk with him about the the strategy the bank is taking to um, its branch network. And they've got they actually they're setting uh, the September opening for a branch in Delafield. They broke ground on a new kind of loan office and branch in West Milwaukee. Uh, the last year, last couple of years, they moved um, some folks to the Cathedral Place building and opened a new branch in the uh, ground floor of that. They've done some refreshes of other things. It's just kind of interesting to talk with them. About, okay, you know, everyone thinks of their banking now as so much, so much done you know, online. You know, your checks get deposited via direct deposit, or if you do get a check written to you, you, know, you can deposit that on your phone, transferring money with a click of a few buttons. You're uh, sending, you know, if you're paying back friends or family for something, that's just a Venmo away. So what role does the branch have in all of that? And he really talked about, you know, it, it depends on the location and, and the use, but a lot of and the big theme is they're more open. They're not going to have four to six, you know, teller windows anymore, things like that. Uh, more open. The, the one in West Milwaukee, for example, they made it larger intentionally because they've done um, historically, I've done a lot of uh, home ownership and financial literacy seminars at the office they had in that area previously. So it makes sense to have have the space for that and build that into what they design. Um, so, it, you know, just interesting to see. It. And but ultimately, the number of branches you know, for all banks is shrinking. Uh, in the last uh, five years or so, the number of branches in the state is down 12 percent. Uh, over the past decade, it's down 23 percent. And, you know, it's, you'd have to assume that number is going to continue to fall going forward. Uh, although Jim kind of pointed out, you know, it's it's less about where you land on your actual number of branches and kind of more about do you have the right branches in the right place. Uh, so interesting insight uh, from, you know, one of the, the state's larger banks, especially when it comes to being based in Wisconsin. That's very interesting. And, yeah, despite the decline, as you point out, in the number of bank branches, Banks still seem to believe there is a place for for branches, and it's just a matter of how they're used and where they're located. And so there's a lot of interesting stuff in that story about what Johnson Bank in particular is thinking about the role of its banks, how to position them, how to use them. And so that's, yeah, interesting stuff to, to ponder. Interesting question for the real estate sector, too, of what you do with those branches that, uh, that no longer exist. That's, you know, yep. thinking, you know, usually out, a lot of outlots, um, and kind of in shopping centers and retail areas and things like that, getting new uses in there. That probably is a bit of a challenge sometimes, I would think. Yeah, certainly. I mean, there are, there are opportunities for, for new things in those locations, but yeah, sometimes those places can sit vacant for a while if, uh, if it's just not an attractive location. So yeah, it's, it's another example of just seeing the the evolving economy and technology evolving and changing the, the world that we live in. Well, we'll shift to our big story of the week in just a moment. But before we do, want to highlight 
one of our upcoming events that is the Next Generation Manufacturing Summit, which will take place on October 5th uh, from 2 in the afternoon to 6.30. We'll be at the Italian Community Center uh, down in the Third Ward. Our theme on this event, uh, speaking of change, growing amidst constant change, and there's just been over the last number of years, you know, whether it was COVID or supply chain issues, or you back up a little further, you know, trade and tariff issues, uh, it's perpetually evolving. And if you're a business, you want to grow and got to figure out how to do that. And so we're going to have a chance to uh, dive in with uh, some of our panelists, um, leaders from Great Lakes Rubber, uh, Perla Corporation, Hellerman Titan North America, and Sussex IM will be there. Uh, so we hope to see you there as well, especially if you are a manufacturer. Uh, come spend a little bit of time thinking about uh, new ideas to help grow your business. Speaking of manufacturing, our big story of the week, highlighting Mercury Marine as we head into the Labor Day holiday. There's some good news on the labor front uh, for Wisconsin um, that Mercury Marine and the International Association of Machinists and Aerospace Workers Lodge 1947 announced they have a new uh, collective bargaining agreement that will run for five years for workers at the Mercury, Mercury Marine plant um, in Fond du Lac. Uh, that is good news for the state. This is a big employer in Fond du Lac County, a big part of the manufacturing economy in the state. And it's uh, a welcome sign, I think, that there's you know labor peace um, moving forward, especially when you look around the rest of the economy. You see a number of different signs. Whether obviously in Hollywood we see the the writers and and actor strikes, but also you know the uh, we had UPS um, nearly striking early, earlier this year. The auto workers having uh, some labor strife, I guess you could call it with uh, the the big three automakers. So to see a major Wisconsin employer come to an agreement, lock that in for five years, that's good news. We had similar news earlier this year with Kohler Company um, reaching a five-year deal with their union. So good news. I mean, Mercury Marine employs 3,800 people uh, at its global headquarters, not not all covered by the union necessarily, but 3,800 people not being impacted by a potential strike or other issues. That's a, that's a big deal, right, Andrew? Yeah, I mean, that that is the economic anchor of Fond du Lac and Fond du Lac County. And, of course, they have a, an enormous supply chain. So, you know, ha- having um, Mercury Marine stable is important for the entire Wisconsin economy and, and particularly the manufacturing sector. I think what makes this story is so interesting to me is that you know you had this announcement this week that was a fairly ho-hum, oh, there's a new five-year labor deal. And the ho-hum nature of it is really the good news part of it because there didn't, at least publicly, there didn't appear to be you know a lot of acrimony with this particular um, negotiation. And it just made me think back to 2009 when things were very, very different. I mean, that's only 14 years ago when you had... This company, you know, it makes upward motors, so it's not an essential product. And, you know, the Great Recession had, you know, devastated consumers, devastated the economy, had people not spending money on non-essential things like this, fairly expensive non-essential things. And Mercury Marine was really struggling and was seeking, they were basically trying to renegotiate uh, uh, the labor deal they had at the time. 
They were seeking major concessions from their union. The union was very resistant to that at first. The company at the time was strongly considering moving its operations out of Fond du Lac to Oklahoma, to Stillwater, Oklahoma. And as it turned out, the union did agree to major concessions, um, you know, including a substantial pay cut for new employees. And uh, the company also got huge incentives from the state of Wisconsin. There was a $65 million incentive package provided by the state to retain the company in Wisconsin. And Fond du Lac County provided a $50 million loan um, and increased its sales tax to be able to do that. Um, so really, the the government and the union had to bend over backwards to retain this company. But then the company ended up moving its, you know, moving operations from Oklahoma to Wisconsin and has since, I mean, 2009, they had about 1,500 employees. They have expanded substantially several times since then. As, as you mentioned, um, they have 3,800 employees now in Fond du Lac. So it's a it's a it's a success story. It's a good news story that, you know, it's certainly you don't like to see the government have to throw these kinds of incentives at companies to keep them around. But, you know, we had a company that was struggling. You had a competition, certainly had two states played off against each other at the time. The company looking for, out for its best interests and where it can be positioned to grow and, and survive moving forward. Wisconsin and Fond du Lac County made it and, and the union did everything they could to make that happen. And the good news is 14 years later, we've seen huge growth uh, from the company in Fond du Lac since then. And so to now see a fairly ho-hum announcement of of a new labor deal, that is very nice to see and, and, and really shows you that the situation at Mercury Marine has come a long way from where it was 14 years ago. Yeah, absolutely. And that $65 million uh, tax incentive, they were verified for um, all $65 million of that, according to WDC's records. Uh, actual capital investment that came along with that, $241 million. Planned job creation was about 1300 Actual job creation of 2400 So, you know, like you say, no one really likes to see the government incentives thrown around out there. And everyone kind of can see the, the tax incentive game that's being played by companies mm-hmm. at times, but when it works and it pays off well, you know, in, in terms of job creation and, and seeing capital invested, and that's a big part of the state's economy um, and business for a lot of other manufacturers throughout that supply chain. And it's a big deal to be able to keep that. Yeah. And it certainly doesn't always work out, but when it does, like you say, it's, 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 it's nice to see and kudos to all around when it does. This is a very important company for Fond du Lac. 3,800 employees in a city of 44,000, 40, you know, 40, 40 some thousand population. They are a huge economic anchor. So it would, would have been devastating for Fond du Lac to, to lose Mercury Marine. So it is really great to see that the company has stayed, has grown, has, has thrived, and there's labor peace. And, uh, Hopefully that maintains, uh, that remains the case going forward for, for many years to come. It's, it's an important part of Fond du Lac's and Wisconsin's economy. Yeah. If you happen to be driving north, uh, for a long weekend this weekend and you're look out along when you go through Fond du Lac and, and imagine what that plant would be. You can't miss it. (laughs) uh, If if it weren't, if they weren't there, 
I don't know how how could you talk about redeveloping things? I mean, that would be that'd be a big undertaking to try and figure out a new use uh, for that facility if you had to. Yeah, at, at the enormous scale of that, that would be extraordinarily daunting. It's just huge. Well, uh, we'll don't have to uh, consider that prospect at least for now. Uh, but that will do it for this week on the Biz Times MK podcast and the weekly debrief. Thanks for joining me as always, Andrew. You bet. This is Dan Meyer with BizTimes Media. You've been listening to the BizTimes MKE podcast. For more business news and insights, be sure to go to biztimes.com and subscribe to any of our daily e-newsletters and our magazine, BizTimes Milwaukee.